0: Well, this is week number six in our series called Keys to Powerful Prayer. And what we're doing is we're taking our time and studying what the Word of God has to say about prayer. And, you know, my goal in this series, and I believe the reason that the Lord laid this on my heart was so that you would fall in love with prayer in the sense of falling in love with fellowshipping with your heavenly father, spending time in prayer, communing with him. And and it's one of the greatest things that God has given us is that ability to be able to spend time with him. So let's look at our foundation scripture found in James chapter five and verse 16. And as I've done every week, we're going to do it again this week. We're going to read it from the new King James version and the amplified version. And then finally with the passion translation, but James 5, 16 says this, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, the last portion of that verse in the Amplified Bible says this, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And uh, the Passion Translation says this for, and again, that last part of that verse, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. So there is power. There is the power of God awaiting us and the gateway, the entrance of God's power into our lives and his ability, his supernatural ability is through the doorway of prayer. And so that's why we're taking our time and we're studying these things so that we can know how to pray effectively. You know, God's desire is, is that we not hit or miss. You know, this isn't like a shooting gallery at the old carnival, no, this is something that God wants to teach us through His Word and by the Holy Spirit so that our prayer life can be successful. Successful in our fellowship with Him, successful in receiving prayers in our own lives, receiving the answers to prayers in our own lives. and successful in being able to receive answers in praying for other people in other situations. And so this is a very, very important subject. And it, listen, we're never going to exhaust it. I don't care if we taught five years on this subject, we could never exhaust the subject of prayer. It's just that vast. But what we're going to endeavor to do is just hit the high points as the Lord leads us so that we can glean those truths that'll help us in our prayer life. Now, there are many, many different types of prayer. There's about eight different types of prayer. We're going to uh, look at all the different types of prayer and get into those and I'll cover them more next week in next week's message. But I wanted to focus in today on a type of prayer that we probably will use most often, and that is the prayer of faith. Uh, you might call it the prayer of petition. It's uh, a called a prayer that changes things. And so I want to look at what the word says about that particular type of prayer so that you can pray this prayer for your own life and see the power of God show up. Now, again, Prayer is all about your two-way communication with God and fellowship with him. You know, even regarding the prayer of faith, you need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and let him lead and guide you and and help you in your prayer life, especially when you're praying the prayer of faith. Let me me just give you an example. When we're talking about faith, what are we talking about? Well, we're talking, simply put, is faith is the belief in God's Word and that God will do what He said He would do. Faith is what God has given us. He deposited it down on the inside of us when we were born again. And so what He's done is He's given us the wherewithal to be able to believe His Word is true and that He will do 100% of the time what He said He would do in His Word. Now. You know, in studying this and thinking about this, as as I was preparing to, to share this with you, a couple of things rose up in my heart. And, and you know, we're all guilty of this, especially we Word of Faith people. And, uh, you know, as I often tell our, our folks in Bible study, pay attention to the details. God is a very detailed God. And it's not in the sense of trying to put us, wind us up in details and puts us in bondage. But no, Jesus said it this way, and I've quoted this to you before, but Jesus said, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. In other words, it's the little things that maybe we take for granted or we overlook that that can negatively impact our lives spiritually. So let me help you with one of those. And that is this, talking about faith, again, we're talking about faith in God and in his word. Now, a lot of people, they may not say this or articulate it this way, but a lot of people think faith is something that we use to keep things from happening in our lives. And that's not necessarily accurate. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, let me give you an example. I'll have people come and, and uh, they'll, Come to me for agreement and prayer and they'll say, Pastor, will you pray with me? I'm going to the the hospital tomorrow or sometime in the future and I'm going to have a procedure done and they're going to check on some things that were concerning the doctor. And I want you to pray with me that the test will come back negative. And I want you to pray with me that everything will turn out just fine in the sense of that that test won't find anything. Well, you know what? That sounds good. And and in the past, I've jumped on that and probably agreed with them erroneously, but, but here's what I want you to see. Faith is not believing that something will or will not happen in your life. Faith is believing the Word of God. So here's a correct application of faith. If somebody were to approach you or to approach me with that type of prayer request, My response is going to be, here's what I can agree with you on. The word says, no matter what the doctor says, what the surgeons find, what the tests reveal, my Bible says that by his stripes, you were healed. And so healing already belongs to us. And whether they find anything or not, whether the biopsy reveals anything or not, that does not change the word of God. Because I can't use my faith and and hope that the doctor won't find anything. No, what I can use my faith for is to believe that the healing power of God is at work in your body to effect a healing, and to bring about a cure, and that by His stripes you are healed, no matter what medical science. Now we thank God for doctors and and surgeons and so forth. We so appreciate them, but our faith is not in them, and our faith is not in what they do or do not find. No, our faith is in God's Word. You know, somebody might say, well. You know, they're calling for bad weather tomorrow. They're calling for storms tomorrow. And I just believe that uh, none of those storms are going to impact our property. Well, in a sense, that's correct. But, But let's be accurate with where we need to direct our faith. Our faith needs to be directed in the word of God. Psalm 91 says that that uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust and so Believe what the Word says, that He will supernaturally protect you and let your faith be in the hand of God protecting you from whatever may come and keeping your property safe versus trying to use your faith to keep the storm from coming. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? See, a lot of times we've misapplied our faith and because of that, and we didn't mean to, but we just do, and because of that, our faith was not able to work for us because it wasn't founded in the Word of God. Keep your faith focused on and based in what God's Word says, okay? So our faith must be based in the simple truth that God is true to his word, and what he has said he has either already done through what Christ did for us, or he will perform what he has promised. And so I wanna show you that just so you can maybe fine tune and tweak some things and help to understand how you need to properly apply your faith. Now, the prayer faith, again, is where we pray based on the Word of God and we believe for the hand of God, the power of God to show up in our lives to change situations or circumstances in our lives. Okay, so uh, the prayer of faith is where we we pray and we believe God's Word and we believe that God's Word will have the final say-so in our lives and will be able to affect the circumstances going on in our lives. So let me talk to you a little bit about how do we pray the prayer faith. You know, I'm all about practical. I don't like to pontificate and give you these high and lofty thoughts. I like to get down in the foxholes where you live and where you work and and show you and help you and, and train you according to the word of God and what it means in order to walk in these things. So here's the first thing in how to pray, the prayer of faith. And that is this, you must, 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 must no negotiation on this. You must base your prayer on the word of God. Now, God's will and his word are the same. You're never going to find God wanting something different than what his word has already said. So, You know, God is not trying to keep people from salvation when he's already said, it's my will that none should perish. And and, you know, he's not trying to keep people from getting healed. When the scripture clearly says that by his stripes that you were healed, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. No, his will is his word. So if he has said uh, made a statement or made a promise in his word, then that is the will of God. Now you've heard me say it, but the, the, it bears repeating because this is so important. If people stumble, it is in knowing what is the will of God for me. Well, the the easy way to be able to determine that is to get the Word of God and find out for yourself what the will of God is in that given situation. Because here, and this is so very important, Smith Wigglesworth said this, great apostle man of God that lived in the early part of the 20th century. He said this, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So where you have a, a rock solid knowledge of the will of God for your life, faith can begin at that point. Wherever there's a question mark that where you begin to wonder, is this really for me or not? Is this what God wants for me? Then your faith cannot go beyond that question mark. Your faith can't go any Further than that, let's look at a scripture found in, we've already touched on this scripture a little bit, but let's look at it again. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15, first John five, 14 and 15. And the apostle, he said this, now this is the confidence that we have in him. Man, I'm telling you, there is nothing like being able to go to God in prayer in confidence, you know, just not, you don't have to apologize. You don't have to sneak in. You don't have to, you know, oh, I'm, no, it's you come in with confidence. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So when we pray our prayer and we pray according to the will of God, it is guaranteed that God hears us. And verse 15, if we know that he hears us, which if we meet the qualification in verse 14, we can know that. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions or requests or desires that we have asked of him. So if we pray in line with the word of God, first, he hears us, and secondly, if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So when we know what the word of God is, we can have confidence in prayer, we can go to the Father and we can say, Father, your word says, This belongs to me. And so Father, I release my faith right now and I pray and I believe that I receive it and I thank you for it. And I believe that you've heard my prayer and that you've answered my prayer. Now, let me just go ahead and warn you a little bit, okay? And that is, there is going to be a contention uh, for you receiving the answer to your prayer let me say it to you this way. The devil doesn't want you getting answers to your prayers. He wants you to be half frustrated at God and, and wandering around not knowing what the will of God is. He wants you to uh, just not, like, like John said, not have confidence where your prayer life is concerned. And so one of the reasons that we need to have the word of God hidden in our heart, like the psalmist said, is that because there will B, now listen to me carefully, there will be a fight that must be waged for what you are praying for. Now, not that you're trying to earn it, not that you're trying to deserve it, but you need to understand you have an adversary that doesn't want you to receive the answer to that prayer. And so let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter six and verse 12. The scripture says something very interesting that we need to make note of. First Timothy six, 12, Timothy said this, or Paul writing to Timothy rather, he said this, fight the good fight of faith. Now, you know why faith is a good fight? Because if you'll stay in faith, you win every single time. That's a good fight. You know, uh, a bad fight is one you go into and you don't know whether you're gonna win or not. No, a good fight is knowing that the fight has already been won. And if you'll stay in faith, you get to experience that victory. But Paul said this, fight the good fight of faith. Listen to the verbiage of this. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the Greek language, when he said lay hold of eternal life, what it paints the picture the picture that it paints is this: is that you grab a hold of what your faith is latched onto, and you refuse to let it go. You refuse to release it. You refuse to back down. You know, it's like a uh, in the cartoons, one of those old bulldogs that grabs a hold of something and, you know, just refuses to let it go. No, you have that kind of tenacity and that kind of uh, uh, just dogged determination to to hold on to what it is that you're believing for. And that's where the good fight of faith comes in. Is it, and, and Paul said it this way in Ephesians 6. He says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. What does he mean by that? He means that you lay hold of what it is that you're praying for. You found out that it's God's will for your life to experience that. You pray for it. You lay a hold of it and, and, and grab a hold of it and you refuse to let it go no matter what the circumstances tell you. Okay, so we, we see this. Now, Jesus used this same thing that we have in our arsenal. He did not use something that we don't have. Jesus used the word of God when he was standing in faith. He believed God's word just like you and I have to and Jesus used his faith in this same way. And so you and I are gonna have to maybe get a little bit of backbone and refuse to back down from what we believe. Now. Here's another reason why there is a fight to faith, and that is this, it may take time for you to receive the answer to your prayer. Now, if it's something like salvation, that's instantaneous. If it's something like receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that can be instantaneous. But where healing in your body is concerned, if there's a condition that has already been in existence in your body, it may take some time for the Word of God and the healing power of God to go to work against that condition in order to bring about healing in your body. Let me give you another example. Let's say you're Praying about, and you've stood in and released your faith for a financial need in your life. Well, I got news for you that is not going to be instantaneous. God does not have any money. Now, he's not broke and he's not poor, but God doesn't have any U.S. dollars in heaven. All of the money is here in the earth. And so what God has to do in order to answer your prayer is to move upon the heart of another human being in order to facilitate the meeting of that need in your life. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means that once people get involved then time gets involved. Now, <laughs> and then here's the reason I say that is because is there ever been anything in your life that God has dealt with you to do and you drug your feet and him hauled around and you weren't instantly obedient? I remember hearing the story of brother Jerry Savelle back when he was traveling uh, in the early seventies with brother Copeland and, um, uh, he was going on the road with Brother Copeland, and, and the, the Lord laid on his heart to give some money to an individual, and he was leaving at that moment to begin to drive to where this next meeting was, and so he said, I'll take care of that when I get back, Lord, and so in a little while, you know, maybe in another day or so, the Lord spoke to him again down here in his spirit and told him to give that money to Brother So-and-So. And he said, well, Lord, uh, once we get to whatever city it is and we get settled in, then I'll Western Union him the money or whatever I need to do. And so he got to the city, got settled in, they got set up for their meeting. And next thing he knew, another day or two had passed by and the Lord spoke to him again and said, I want you to give X number of dollars to this other minister. And so Brother Jerry said, "Okay, Lord, as soon as I can get back home and and get it, take care. Of, I'll send it to him." And so my point is this: time kept progressing. Time kept progressing, and so uh, eventually uh, he got to you know, and this was some time later, several day, days later, he got to the point where he was ready to send the money to this brother, and uh, so he he was doing it. And the Lord spoke to him in his heart and he said, now, listen, I want you to remember this situation. The next time you pray and you need a need met and how quickly or how slowly you responded to that. And I want you to keep that in mind when it takes a long time for your need to get met. Well, Brother Jerry immediately repented and asked God to forgive him and made the decision that at that moment or at the moment that God deals with him about uh, ministering to somebody else, he's going to instantly obey. And here's my point in all of this. When you're praying about something that, that involves other people, it will take time because people can be hard-headed, People can be slow moving. People can be, you know, just they mean well, but, but, but a lot of people don't instantly respond to the leading of the Lord that they get down in their heart. So it takes time. So you're going to have to stand during that waiting period. Now, when you're in that period, the waiting room, so to speak, waiting for the manifestation of the answer to your prayer to show up then be open for the Holy Spirit to be able to move in your heart and to do a work in you to help you get prepared for when He does meet that need. Maybe you're praying for something and you're believing God for something and you need to make room for that. Well, you know, however that's defined in your life, then during that waiting period, make room for that. Make preparation for it. And so in whatever scripture you're standing on when you're praying the prayer of faith, if you have a part to play in obedience, make sure that you're doing your part. Now, I wanna show you just real quick, you know, a, a favorite scripture that we like to stand on is Philippians chapter four, verse 19. When we have a need in our lives, we'll be the first ones to go before the Lord and say, well, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And, and Paul did say that. And the scripture does say that, and the Bible promises that, but you have to look at the context of the entire chapter and and see what predicated this promise from God. And we see in verse 15, Paul applauded the Philippian church when he said this, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only." See, the, the, the part that you and I have to play in Philippians 4.19 is making sure that we're obeying God where our own finances are concerned. Are we tithing? Are we giving like the Lord wants us to and uh, you know, to enable him to be able to show up and meet our needs? Now listen, if you're starting at this or maybe you've messed up in the past, you haven't been tithing, haven't been giving, well then just repent and say, God, forgive me. Today is a brand new day and Lord, if, and, and, and I'll tithe and I'll give from this point forward, but I need your help. And here's what I, what I love about the Lord. He's merciful and he's kind and he's gracious and he will help you. But understand there is a part for us to play in this in facilitating god being able to answer that prayer and address that promise that he made to us now here's number two when you pray the prayer of faith believe that you receive the answer at the time that you pray not when the answer shows up see that's not faith faith does not wait until the answer shows up and then I'm gonna believe God. No, faith says the moment that I pray, I believe that I receive the answer at that moment and it is mine and I have it now and now I'm just waiting for the manifestation of it. Mark 11, 22, 23 and 24 in the scripture, Jesus said this, so verse 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now pay attention to verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, when you pray, when you pray, pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you pray, believe that you receive the answer. It doesn't say Jesus did not say when the answer shows up, then believe you have it. No, when you pray, believe that you receive the answer and you will have it. So faith says that God has heard and answered my prayer even when nothing changes in your circumstances, even when uh, it seems like nothing is happening. You know that, and I love that song Waymaker, And and it says something to the effect of that even when it seems like you're not moving, you're moving. Even when I can't see it, you're moving. And so that's what faith says, and that's the posture that faith takes, is at the moment that I pray, And and at that moment, I believe that I received the answer. Now you can't wait for the circumstances to change for you to start believing that your prayer has been heard and answered. It does not work that way. That is not faith. Faith says, you know, I don't care what the circumstances say. I don't care what my body says. The word says, by his stripes, I'm healed. I believe that I receive my healing right now. And just a little side note, this is why I encourage you to keep a prayer journal going. Pray, and and when you pray, pray write down what you have prayed about, write down the scriptures that you've prayed over concerning that situation, and then mark the date and the time that you pray and, and declare in your journal. Say, I believe that I received the answer to my prayer on this date at this time. And then as you're uh, standing in faith, and we'll talk more about this in just a second, but, it, it, but as you're standing in faith, look through that journal and say, oh, Father, I thank you and I praise you. I I prayed, you heard my prayer, and I received the answer at this date and at this time. And uh, don't be haphazard with your prayer life. No, be intentional about some things. Keep record, and, and not only that, when the manifestation does show up, go back in that journal, write it down. Manifestation came this day, this time, whatever, and then that way. When you're standing in faith in the future, you could go back and you can look and see all the wonderful things God did and how he answered your prayers. Now, somebody says, well, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can believe that I receive at the moment that I pray when nothing has changed. Oh, yes, you can. And I heard this illustration, I can't take credit of it but are for it, but I heard this and man, this is an awesome application of this. So let's imagine on your job, your boss comes to you and says, okay, uh, we're going to next month, 30 days from now, we're going to give you a significant raise in your income, no matter what what it is and it's, it's going to be significant and we're going to prorate it all the way back to the time of your employment. And so you begin to do the math in your head and, and all of a sudden the zeros begin to line up and you begin to think about, man, that is, that is absolutely awesome. And so you're, thank you. I appreciate that. And so I want to ask you a question. Do you <laughs> go out based on the promise that your boss made to you and you begin to think about things that you can do with that extra income, you know, you begin to think about, well, I, I do need a new car or, or we need to fix up the house or, or I need some clothes. And, and before you know it, you're already spending that money. Now, now tell me if I'm wrong, there is nothing that has changed. Your paycheck has not changed at that moment but you believe that you receive the raise that your boss promised you, and you're already making preparation for that raise, and you're already spending money that you don't have. <laughs> you're going to get it, but you don't have it currently. So don't tell me that we are not able to believe that we receive something ahead of time and begin to adjust our thinking and our heart attitude towards uh, already possessing that thing. Surely you can do that. If you can do that with your boss's promise, you can surely do it with the word of God. All right. Now, here's number three. Learn to deal with your mind and those thoughts that will try and talk you out of your answer. You know, you're going to be bombarded with thoughts. So oh, it's not going to work this time. Uh, you know, you tried that before and it didn't work out or you did this and it failed, uh, you know, and all of these different thoughts are going to be crossing your mind. Well, here's what you're going to have to do. Rome or excuse me, second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse five, the NIV says this, and I like the, the way it says it. Verse five, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? You're gonna to have to tear down those thoughts. Those thoughts that come to you and say, no, it's not gonna work this time. You know, nothing's changed. Your circumstances are exactly the same. No, your body feels just like it did yesterday. And you know, that may be factual, but it's not word. And so you're going to have to arrest that thought. You're going to have to pull that thought down. Now, how do you do it? You put words in your mouth that are in line with the word of God. No. Yeah, that might not have changed. No circumstances have changed. I'm still experiencing the same pain in my body, but that doesn't matter. The scripture says that he took my infirmities, bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. And with his stripes, I am. Healed, Isaiah 53 says. Put the word in your mouth and that will pull down those thoughts that are trying to uh, come at you and that's how you take thoughts and you make them obedient to Christ, obedient to the word of God. Keep the vision of victory before you all the time. You know, going back to the, the illustration I just used, as you were using your imagination to spend that money that hasn't shown up yet, use your imagination to see yourself experiencing whatever it is that you're praying about. If you're standing in faith for healing in your body, use your imagination to see yourself healed and to be able to do something that you weren't able to do before. And begin to use your imagination. Man, imagination is a powerful thing that God has given us. And uh, you can use it for your good instead of allowing it to work against you. Instead of building pictures in your mind of things not working according to the word. See yourself. See those pictures working out and God's word coming to pass. Don't accept thoughts of failure And defeat. Don't tolerate them. Don't put up with them. Don't begin to entertain those things because once you do, it'll begin to grow and you'll begin to go down those rabbit trails. And then in conjunction with that, number four is this. Fill your mouth with continuous praise and thanksgiving to the Lord that the answer is yours. Let me read to you Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight in the Passion. Uh, It says this, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God, now listen, with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace, that peace that transcends human understanding, will make the answers known to you through Christ Jesus. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. So during that waiting time, during that that time when you're waiting between amen when you prayed and when the manifestation shows up, spend your time like this. Father, I just want to take a few moments and I just want to praise you that I'm healed. Father, I just thank you right now that the healing power of God is at work in my body to effect a healing and to bring about a cure, to undo the works of the devil in Jesus' name. And just begin to fill your mouth with praise, even if it is something as simple as, Lord, I praise you for my healing. I praise you for my healing. Man, there have been times when I've had to lay in the bed and, and just felt awful. And uh, just take some time. Lord, thank you for my healing. Thank you for my healing. Oh, Father, I praise you for my healing. Thank you that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you, Father, for the healing power of God that's at work in my body. Thank you that I am the healed of the Lord. I'm not the sick trying to get well. Oh, Father, I praise you today because I am healed in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you, if you will begin to do that, that will facilitate the power of God God, being able to move in, in your life. And I, you know, I just believe that if we will learn, we can expedite some things if we'll just learn to spend time in praise and worship. Worshipping God. Father, thank you that you're so good to me. I worship you, Father, because you're my healer. I worship you, Father, because you are good and you want me well. You know, just spending time praising God and worshiping the Lord. Now, Let me say this to you as I begin to conclude, and that is this, don't undo your prayer of faith. Don't don't backpedal on your prayer of faith. How do I do that? Well, Smith Wigglesworth, who I mentioned earlier, he said this, if you've prayed seven times for any one thing, you've prayed six times in unbelief. (laughs) Did you get that? If you've prayed seven times for any one thing, you've prayed six times in unbelief. Now, don't misunderstand me. Praise and worship, praising God for the answer is not the same thing as praying for the answer, believing for the answer. No. If you've prayed and released your faith seven times, then you've prayed six times in unbelief. Don't undo your prayer. A great man of God, Andrew Murray, said this. It's not good taste to ask God for the same thing over and over and over again. He said, if and when you do pray again, what you've prayed for, hasn't, if it hasn't materialized, don't pray for it again in the same way, because that would be Unbelief. Remind God that you've already asked him for it and what his word says and tell him that you're expecting it and you thank him for it. Now, in Isaiah, the Lord told Isaiah, he said, put me in remembrance. Now, it's not that God forgets his word, but there's a connection. There's something that happens when you and I spend enough time to remember what God's word says and then we verbalize that back to him and we say, Lord, your word says, you know, every day I pray and uh, declare and speak healing over my body. I, I use our healing scriptures that are found on our website. And uh, I have them and I, I, I pray them and declare them over my life pretty much every day. And uh, here's the way it goes. Proverbs chapter three says that that he who finds God's word, the word becomes life and health to all his flesh. That word health there becomes medicine. So my prayer usually goes like this. Lord, you said in your word, now again, he hasn't forgotten what his word says. I'm just rehearsing it to him for my benefit. Lord, your word says, that he who finds your word, your words are life and health and medicine to him. And so Father, I believe that your word is at work in my flesh body like medicine. And so Lord, I take my medicine today and I thank you for it. And so then I go and I speak all of those healing scriptures over my life. So again, it's not that God forgets what his word says. He knows it better than you do and I do, But but it's 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 more for our benefit to remind him in reminding ourselves what the word says. Now Brother Hagin said something, and I want to wrap up by giving you this statement. And that is this it is thinking faith filled thoughts and speaking faith filled words that will lead the heart out of defeat into victory. Let me say that again. It is thinking faith-filled thoughts and speaking faith-filled words that lead the heart out of defeat and into victory. Now, again, I just felt led to talk to you a little bit about the prayer of faith today and to uh, show you some things about and, And these things aren't new, we've talked about them before. But it does us good to hear them again and again and again, to stir our hearts with them so that we can go back and we can make sure that we're receiving the results from, from our prayers of the word of God that God intends for us to have. And I believe that if you are struggling in your faith, if you'll do what Brother Hagin said, and that is this, thinking faith-filled thoughts and speaking faith-filled words, it will lead you out of defeat and into victory. Do you receive that today? I know you do. Let me pray and we'll close the the message with this. Father, thank you so much for the word that we've heard today. Oh God, I'm so grateful for your word. I thank you that your word is alive, like Hebrews 4 says, and it is sharper and powerful, more powerful than a two-edged sword. And Father, I thank you that as we pray and we stand in faith on your word, that, Lord, it's impossible for your word not to come to pass. In other words, if we will dare to believe what you said in your word, Father, you will perform it, that you are faithful. Matter of fact, you said in your word that you would hasten to perform your word in our lives when we would stand in faith. So I pray for every single person that's watching this service today, Father, and I believe in the name of Jesus, that they will begin to be intentional in their prayer life, praying about and over situations in their lives, things, needs, uh, physical needs, material needs, whatever it might be, and appropriating your word correctly so that they can receive the answers that you already have prepared for them. And Father, I thank you for it. Now, Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus for the Holy Spirit to draw Anyone that might be watching this today that doesn't know you, I believe, Father, that they will open their hearts to receive today a relationship with you through the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you for it, amen. Now listen, I never like to uh, end our time without giving someone an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. It's not hard. Jesus has done all the hard work for us. He's the one that went to the cross He's the one that shed his blood. He's the one that died. And thank God on the third day he was raised from the dead. And all we have to do according to Romans 10 is to believe in our heart that Jesus paid that price and that he was raised from the dead and to make him the Lord of our lives. Take ourselves off of the throne and put Jesus on the throne of our lives. And so if you've never done that today, I want to invite you to do it. Would you pray just a simple prayer with me? Would you say this? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I need a relationship with you. I've messed my life up. But I thank you that you love me and that you sent Jesus to die for me. Now, Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you died for me. I believe with all my heart that you were raised from the dead. And Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me in your blood. Make me clean and holy. And I make you the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my past and give me a brand new beginning. Now fill me to the full and overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you for forgiving me, thank you for cleansing me, and thank you for a brand new beginning. In your precious name I pray, amen. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church Podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.